Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Time it's definitely exciting for the White Sox for sure. You know, they, I, and I don't mean this with any disrespect, but I didn't realize it was since 08 since they made the playoffs the last time. So they have a team that's very watching them similar to us in 2015 that started off with a lot of uh talent and you know has found ways to win, and now they're they're a powerhouse team and um. Over here, we we have we have guys that have won and and know what the playoffs are like, and it very well could come down to that, and that would be amazing. But there's going to be a couple of uh, calls that don't go your way or go your way in the playoffs that are going to determine that and uh, some adversity that you're going to have to deal with. So it's a long way away to getting there, but it would that would be something that would be very special for the city for sure. That is Anthony Rizzo openly dreaming of a Cubs-Sox World Series uh, as we have been around these parts really since since spring training, knowing that both these teams could be very good, and here we are with both of them very good. Good morning. It's Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel, and Bruce Levine is here, of course. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Matt. Uh, welcome back from your trip. I know you had a good time with your family, so uh, nice, nice respite before you uh, get to uh, go into this long, hopefully long, uh, playoff season for both the Chicago Cubs and White Sox. This is Inside the Clubhouse. Matt and I are with you every week, every week, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball between 9 and 11, and today some very special guests to go along with the, all the information that we hope to throw your way and entertain you as well as uh, Jim Tomey, the Hall of Famer and special assistant to the front office of the Chicago White Sox, joining us at 9.30. And at 10.30, our very special guest, uh, Mr. John Lester, to talk about a myriad of different things, including could this be the last time around for John Lester as a Cub over this next week and going into the playoffs. It's fitting to have Lester um, and have you mention it after Rizzo comped these White Sox to the 2015 Cubs. 
just something that is um, that, that I've certainly brought up before. And those 2015 Cubs had John Lester. All of a sudden, they had John Lester and David Ross, and it was like, what? Oh, hey, this is how we do things. These. These White Sox have had an infusion of veteran uh, talent, that's for sure, but it's their own guys who have transformed them into what they are. They lost the game after they clinched yesterday, but I'm still buzzing, Bruce, and I, as you mentioned, just back from my trip about Thursday when they come back three times against the Minnesota Twins. Jose Abreu beats out a, a, a two-out infield single to get an RBI, and they beat... It'd be Kenta Maeda, you know? It's like, and and this team is, uh, it, it's, it's pretty amazing that here they are, the second best team right now in the American League. We've got two two seeds. If the playoffs began now, it would be the White Sox and the Indians, two versus seven, and it would be the Cubs and the Phillies, two versus seven in the National League. Um, do the Padres not have a better record than the Cubs? I have, I'm looking at it this morning, and this that was the playoff matchups as I see it on, on Espen. Okay. I'll look over and check out All the right. standings. I thought the Padres might be the two seed right now, but uh, that said, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to break down in our uh, 10 o'clock segment uh, the playoffs and who is in and who is not as of today, because that's, a, that's an interesting part of this. Uh, Matt, as you said, uh, the White Sox... I'm wondering if um, next year, um, maybe this time of year, we'll be looking at the Chicago White Sox taking three or four from the Minnesota Twins in this truncated season here as a coming of age for the Chicago White Sox. Will hey, that Bruce, be um, the... j- just to interrupt real quick, I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the Padres do have a better record, but I think because the divisions... The divisions each get the, the top three seeds, and then right. uh, and then the Padres would be the fourth seed, even though the record is better. Right, you are. Right, you are. Right now, yeah, the Padres. Have, so we're both right. You're right on the seeding. We're right on the <laughs> Padres having the better record. Um, but uh, with with the White Sox, um, you know, we're we're wondering if this is a World Series team uh, from this year and going forward. So Rick Hahn uh, had a conversation on Zoom yesterday with the media. And uh, Matt, you know, he talked a, a lot about um, where the White Sox are at. And I asked him directly, you know, is this a World Series team going forward from this point on? Here's Rick Hahn talking about slow rolling the White Sox expectations. To use your phrase, what I sort of slow rolled was the uh, predicting exactly when this championship window was going to open, so to speak, and how quickly we were going to be able to feel that we were a team capable of winning the World Series. I think as we look around that clubhouse right now and the players look at each other and the coaches and we try to, as objectively as we can, evaluate where we are, we know this team is capable of winning the World Series. Now, that said, there's going to be, you know, seven other really tough teams in the American League in this postseason pool, and and we've all seen strange things happen uh, in short series, much less in a postseason series. So certainly can't predict what's going to happen in terms of the results in October, but we do feel we're going to, you know, health permitting here over the next 10 days or so enter in a very strong position and, and uh, as a team capable of making some noise. That's uh, yeah, Rickon. Go right. ahead, Bruce. Yeah. And, and Matt, as he, as he talked about, uh, the, the idea that, uh, you know, they uh, they will use the World Series 
words now. Thing that you know, obviously, since 2008, wouldn't be part of the uh, you know the jargon. There wouldn't be any conversations about uh, playoffs or anything close to that because the White Sox have not been close since actually 2012 was the closest they got when they led uh, the American League Central for 117 games before uh, spitting the bid against Detroit in uh, some late September series that knocked them out of the playoff competition. But nonetheless, uh, right now, Matt, uh, I think the the White Sox feel like uh, they can win any game at any time. And that's what Rickon talked about, the feeling with his team about being able to win every game. Every day they show up in the ballpark confident. Uh, that they're going to win that night's game and not, not in an arrogant way, uh, but in a way where they know they're, they're talented enough and fundamentally sound enough and focused enough to, to compete with anybody on a nightly basis. Uh, you know, look, it, it, through portions of this rebuild, there were nights we'd be down, you know, a couple of runs, four runs in the middle of a game, and uh, you'd get the sort of sense that the game was more or less over. Uh, now when you watch this team, right, in, in this current iteration, uh, at no point really do you feel that a game's out of reach. Uh, it's really been sort of that rare occasion, perhaps opening day, uh, being the only one that jumps to my mind of sort of you know, feeling like you were out of it uh, at any point. It's an exciting thing when, you, uh, when your ball club has that feeling and then has proven it. Uh, just as they did on Thursday, Bruce, they can win every game. Didn't win last night, but uh, 33 wins right now for the White Sox. And by winning percentage, at 647. They're behind oh. the Tampa Rays and the Dodgers. That's it. Third best team in baseball by winning percentage. So, so right now, I always implore people, Matt, not to look at uh, wins or winning percentage. Uh, the loss column is all that really matters right now as far as trying to figure where your team is at. And it's even more essential this year because of the many games that St. Louis still has to make up in the Cubs division. So they have uh, 12 games left in the season. Um, uh, San Francisco has 12 games left in the season because of uh, COVID issues and games that that were missed. Uh, when you have that many games, uh, you know, the Cubs have three games less to play. They, they have nine left to play. Cincinnati only has eight games left to play. So there, there's a there's a huge difference in the loss column now. So when you go through the loss column, uh, you see where everything is at. As you said, the top seeds are going to be L.A., Cubs, and Atlanta right now. Uh, those are almost uh, in clinching mode here over the next few days. Uh, they're getting very close. But with St. Louis only being four games behind the Cubs in the loss column right now, it's kind of skewed because they have 12 left to play. Mm-hmm. Yep, so they got three in hand against those Cardinals who have uh, three more doubleheaders the rest of the way. No, no off days for the White Sox the rest of the way. And no off days in the postseason is going to be pretty interesting, Bruce, because starting pitcher depth is going to get challenged a lot. Um, Wanted to make sure we mentioned, if people missed it last night, the debut of Garrett Crochet, the first round pick, the first player to be called up to MLB the same year he was drafted since Brandon Finnegan of the Royals in 2014. And Finnegan was part of their World Series run in 2014. Um, 
and 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 uh, and their playoff run for for a couple. And then he went for Johnny Cueto. He went for Johnny Cueto, I right. guess, in in 2015. But yeah. this is this is a very common archetype that we've seen with baseball: the young fireballer with no conscience who shows up late in the year to possibly solidify a bullpen and then could be a terror in the postseason. They drafted him with this in mind. Han talked about it before the game last night. And then there he was. He threw 13 pitches. Six of them were over 100 miles an hour. Topped out at 101.5, looking free and easy with a nasty slider, too, as he went 1-2-3. Well, even more impressive for uh, Crochet is he's the first player to make his professional debut in the major leagues since Mike Leake in 2010, and the first pitcher since uh, 19, I think, 79. Jim, 73. Jim Callis, our good friend, wrote this uh, fascinating story on MLB.com, does such a great job on MLB Pipeline. Um, first, player, first pitcher since 73, Tim Conroy and Mike Morgan, uh, to, uh, be, to make their professional debuts the year that they were drafted. This is a guy, this is a guy, Matt, who only had three and a third innings of college ball pitching this yeah. year. Through one uh, game. St- yeah, yeah through in March, uh, before everything was shut down, he had some shoulder issues in February that limited him from being out there. But now, you know, three and a third innings uh, in his senior year as college, drafted number 11 by the White Sox, and his major, his his professional debut is uh, spectacular, throwing uh, six pitches over a hundred miles an hour, looking free and easy. Uh, there, there is no question that he's going to be a part of that bullpen in my mind going forward into the playoffs. If you have a weapon like that, and you have a confident kid that throws strikes, that weapon from the left side uh, could be a huge difference maker as you take uh, this ascending White Sox bullpen with guys like Foster and Hoyer already establishing themselves as mainstays there uh, into the playoffs. Yeah, they're young, uh, inexperienced, and they don't know, Matt, that mm-hmm. they're not supposed to do well. They do not know that they're not supposed to go out there and dominate major league hitters, and it is fun to watch. Absolutely. I always think of K-Rod, Francisco Rodriguez, the energy he brought to Joe Madden and Mike Sosha's Angels in 2002 was obvious, you know, and we've seen it a lot of times before where somebody comes up and they don't realize they should be scared and they're not and they're and they're awesome. I in terms of those White Sox lefties, Jace Fry deserves to be there, I think, and has been good. We haven't seen Ross Detweiler pitch once or, or, or he's only pitched once since the 8th of September. And I don't know if Aaron Bummer is going to come back, but then they'll have decisions about maybe Gio Gonzalez is a long man, Rodon if he comes back. But I can't imagine you know, this our, kid. Our not, friend, this, I can't yeah. imagine this kid not making the uh, the playoff roster as a lefty weapon. Yeah, our friend Steve Ciszek, who's uh, started to pitch better but's had a rough year. You you wonder if he'll be on the first round, uh, you know, uh, roster. You know, because of all these other great arms. Uh, you know. Steve has his niche, uh, but you know the new three hitter rule. Um, yep. You're 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 gonna you're gonna have to look at these guys. You know you just can't bring in crochet for one guy. You know it's it's got to be three, or ending the inning. So it's gonna be interesting 
how they figured that dynamic out. But when you have a weapon like that, that that is amazing. From the left side, you know, a guy throwing over a hundred, you know, like Chapman. I'm not saying he's Chapman at this point, but they want him to be a starting pitcher. In my mind, you you look down the road, and you got an arm like this, and you have an arm like Michael Kopech. Can you imagine those guys being the setup and closer for the White mm-hmm. Sox in the next two years? I know they want them to be starters. Uh, not everybody's going to be a starter. Guys that throw 100 very rarely stay as starters uh, just because of the attrition and the wear and tear on guys' arms that, you know, they just cannot keep up with that, that the best option is the bullpen. So I'm just envisioning two guys like that. I don't care if they're number one picks. If they're dominant pitchers, in a bullpen on a team that's competing year in and year out, uh, how would you like to have that from the left and right side going forward? Yeah, it'd be pretty nasty. I um, All right, we're going to have to place a bet, Bruce. The first save recorded by the 2021 White Sox will be by who? Because Alex Colomay is a free agent. I, I'll, I'll take – we could each take a couple guys. I'll take Cody Hoyer. I think Cody Hoyer yeah. is going to be the closer next year. It's just my gut feeling on, on which way they go. I'm, I'm with you, you know, not going to argue that. Uh, Hoyer's shown an awful lot right now. He still has a ways to go, but uh, a lot of composure, great stuff. Um, you know, uh, Colome, like you said, a free agent, likely not back. Uh, who knows what the uh, economics of free agency is going to bring. I'm hearing not too good for players going into this free agent offseason because of the unpredictable ability of teams to know what their revenue streams are going to be going forward without fans or with fans. So from all of that, uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Hey, we have to take a break. Um, uh, we, bottom of the hour, Jim Tomey, the Hall of Famer, White Sox assistant to the front office. And, of course, 1030, uh, we will be talking to uh, John Lester of the Chicago Cubs. It's inside the clubhouse on 670 The Score. He's Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. Keep it right here. Great guests and conversation coming. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Mitch Garver waits the one-two pitch, swing and a miss, strike three. Ten strikeouts for Kyle Hendricks tonight. What a ball game he is pitching. Well, what's the mentality going out there this evening? Yeah, I think it just it just solidified what I needed to really work on. You know, I always pitch off my fastball, get that established, and when the wind's blowing in like that, 
uh, just gives you more ability to do that. You know, really attack, really get aggressive. I kind of felt my way through the first, second inning, but then really fell into a groove with Willie. Uh, we were on the exact same page, really going to the fastball. So I had good fastball command today. I really missed with like two of them and then threw a lot of curveballs, which was really effective today and uh, change up played off the fastball, which was a lot better. So, you know, Willie getting me that run in the first inning, huge. And then some really good plays behind me today. KB, KB made some big plays at third uh, to just keep the momentum going. So just good all around. That's Kyle Hendricks on his outing last night. Four starts this month for Hendricks. He's 3-0 with a 1.21 ERA, 27 strikeouts, just three walks in almost 30 innings, and the ERA is down below three now. This looks like very, very good Kyle Hendricks heading towards the playoffs, Bruce Levine. Yeah, it's uh, it's great when you have the 1-2 with uh, him and Darvish, and then, of course, uh, Lester, you know, certainly the wild card uh, for the Cubs as far as whether he's going to be the three or not. We'll get into that with John Lester later on when we talk to him at uh, 1030 uh, here on Inside the Clubhouse. And uh, Matt, you know, the using the ballpark uh, to their advantage yesterday, having a uh, an umpire in Angel Hernandez <laughs> who uh, likes to call strikes and a the guy that gets an awful lot of credit and got it from David Ross was uh, certainly Wilson Contreras, who did a great job of uh, framing something he's been accused of not doing very well with uh, for a long time. And uh, he had the big hit. Uh, he had the two of the three hits. And he also uh, did a great job behind the plate. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, very interesting to see the game plan that Hendricks had because the, the Twins are bad against curveballs, especially their righties against curveballs, like Sano and Donaldson and Cruz. So Kyle Hendricks threw 29 of them. Of his 104 pitches, that's 28% curveballs. The rest of his starts all year, he's been at 15%. And he said after that, he noticed they weren't swinging at it, so he threw it for strikes. And it's for a guy that didn't even have that in the bag when he began – um, just had the fastball and the changeup, and then it became two fastballs, two changeups, and it still is. But now to, to be able to throw the curve 29 times is, is pretty remarkable. And, um, you know, so it, he, he now has many ways to beat you and can just mix it around, mix the timing, mix the location, mix the speed, and just it's masterful when you see him going on a given night. Yeah, it's a great point, Matt. Uh, he he put he said the the uh, the emphasis of the game for him though was the fastball command that he had right away. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know when you throw 88 and and you you have to command your fastball exactly. Uh, that that's what he was most happy about yesterday. But the variation, as you said, of the pitches was impressive, uh, and especially on a night where. Uh, you know, the wind was, was uh, your your friend at Wrigley Field, the biggest ballpark uh, this side of Yosemite, uh, Wrigley Field, when the wind's blowing in. That is a monster, and, and that's why the Cubs' offensive approach right now, Matt, of uh, line drives going the opposite way, uh, you know, that that's certainly going to be a very important element of uh, baseball moving forward here as we move into the fall and the first round of the playoffs. Uh, at Wrigley Field with uh, three games for the Cubs. Yeah, Contreras said after the game that wind blowing in, that means it's a line drive night. So you got you got to absolutely uh, think about it like that. Cubs should get some uh, some reinforcements here. Andrew Chafin, the lefty they, they got from Arizona who's been hurt, could get activated today or, or tomorrow. And Jose Quintana is pitching a sim game today. 
in South Bend. Uh, so we'll see what happens after that. But you could have both those guys added in here in the season's final week, don't you think, Bruce? Yeah, uh, you know, you're looking at a bullpen with two le- lefties added, which is, you know, something they haven't had a lot of uh, luck with mm-hmm. uh, this year. So if you, you look at Chafin, who uh, threw 70 games uh, three years in a row um, for them, uh, you know, uh, for Arizona before he was traded, that that's a, a huge uh, piece to put in there. And then uh, Quintana is not going to be a starting pitcher. So uh, we will uh, we will see how it works out. Mm-hmm. But uh, we are going to segue to the south side right now, aren't we, Matt? Our next guest joins us on the Alpamonte Ford hotline. Alpamonte Ford is in Melrose Park. The Hall of Famer, all-around great person and great baseball guy, the assistant for the Chicago White Sox of the front office. Jim Tomey, nice enough to spend some time with us on Inside the Clubhouse today. Good morning, Jim. How are you? I'm great, Bruce. How's everything? Every Everything is great because uh, for the first time since 2008, only the second time in uh, baseball history, we have two Chicago teams that are likely going to have an impact on uh, the uh, playoffs in Chicago. I'm wondering, uh, first and foremost, did you see this team coming when you saw spring training 1.0? Did you have any sense uh, that this team was going to be ready for postseason baseball at that point? Uh, I, I think you 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 know you visioned it, no doubt. I think the bottom line is when we got to spring training with the moves that Rick made and Kenny and Jerry over the winter put us in a position where I think we could start dreaming a little bit. You know, we brought in some really good veterans. We we obviously have done a tried to do a good job with our drafts and and bringing our young kids up uh, through the system. And, yeah, I think, you know, I think anytime you go to spring training, there always has to be that, okay, we're going to think about where we're going to get to at the end of the year. And to see it all unfold, I mean, it's a, it's a credit to so many people. I, I To watch this thing – For the last five years, I think, you know, obviously you look at Rick, you look at Kenny, Jerry, Chris Getz, Jeremy, uh, our coaching staff, you know, bringing in Frank Manichino, doing, you know, the job that he's done with our hitters, with Scott Coolball. Obviously, you look at the, the resume of Coop, you know, for many years, Coop's one of the best baseball men, I think, that's out there. And it's it's a it's a lot of hard work. It's not over yet, but it's a lot of hard work. And I'm so happy living here as I do and being on the south side and watching the people get excited here is so fun. And uh, it is, Bruce. It's fun to see now both teams start to obviously the Cubs have had a great run. It will be nice to see if we can we can kind of follow that and and hopefully accomplish what we what we you know strive have been out there to do. He is Jim Tomey, um, and this is inside the clubhouse. Bruce Levine and me, Matt Spiegel, here with Jim Tomey. Jim, we I remember talking to you in the spring training this year about your young Indians teams and how all of yeah. you position players came up together. 
and grew and learned together. And and you were excited to see like Luis Robert and Aloy Jimenez play next to each other and kind of learn each other's timing. And we've seen that now. I'm wondering what you have seen from this young core how, what things have you seen them learn how to do together and learn how to win together in this particular season? Well, I, I think, first of all, it's clubhouse culture. I think Abreu, bringing in Keuchel, you know, obviously Yasmani, I think James McCann has done a fabulous job with the leadership. And then for me as a hitter, watching our hitters, what impresses me the most is the way our right-handed hitters, when you got a good guy, a good right-handed pitcher on the mound, and they're throwing sliders, and that right-hander, Louis Robert, Eloy, you know, I think they've learned from Abreu, and to stay on balls and drive the ball to right center, left center, yeah, you're going to pull off balls here and there, but what impresses me most about these kids is they don't go many days without making the adjustments. And that, that's a credit to Frank Menachini. That's our, that's our hitting guy and, and cool ball talking to them and, and really, you know, just, just following the information that's given and then obviously then processing it at home plate and making quick adjustments. You know, if you miss on the inner half to Louis Robert. Like, balls are going to get hit very hard, and it's so much fun. It's, it's, I, I don't want to say it's a similar lineup to our 90s Indians, but it has the makings of being so special, and, and it starts up top, even with T.A. T.A. has progressed, you know, at this incredible level that's just so much fun to watch. It's, as now a guy that's, you know, working with us, I, I love to see this, all coming together and it's so exciting for everyone it's 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 just a fun time as you all know jim tomey the hall of famer and white Sox assistant to the front office joining us on inside the clubhouse and uh jim uh teams don't win without good defense i think the because yeah. of the, the offense has been so great for the white Sox, the improvement of the team defense has been really kind of shuttled to the uh, backside here. But to me, as as great as Anderson has been getting a base hit, his improvement at shortstop and the and the 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 amount of range that Robert has in the outfield are the two elements that have uh, changed uh, some losses into wins dramatically for the White Sox in 2020. It is, Bruce. It is. I think Anytime, you know, they always say strong up the middle. And, you know, I mean, look, look, you know, T.A.'s whole game from his offense to now his defense, this kid cares. He's a, he's a winner. He's a guy that, that every day has a smile on his face. And I think it's contagious. You know, I think when you look at our Indians teams, we had Vizquel, we had Lofton. You know, this club, you have T.A., Tim Anderson, and then you have Louis Robert. I think it's you know, it, it's it's when you're strong up the middle and you can catch the ball, and then you throw Madrigal, who also, by the way, can catch the ball and plays the game really hard and does all the fundamental little things that you have to have. 
Now let's go behind the plate with McCann and Yasmani. You know, the framing, the leadership. Right. What I see, our pitchers on the mound with these two catchers are confident. They, they're, they're, they're aware of where they're throwing pitches. And those catchers have done a great job as well. It's, it's an overall, you know, look. I mean, let's, let's hope this happens, that Abreu wins the MVP. But we have so many guys that could potentially be an MVP, you know, eventually that, that's, that's a pretty exciting thing to have on your club. And it's, you know, it's, uh, it's just a fun time. I keep saying it. You know, this is going to be a great October, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be so exciting for our fans. How would you like, Jim Tomey, to be stepping in as a lefty power hitter in the postseason, and for the first time ever, you see a kid like Garrett Crochet <laughs> show up throwing 101 with a slider uh, and a funky delivery yeah. that you've never seen before. That kid uh, looked pretty free and easy last night. Yeah. Could be a special part of the bullpen. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it has. A, I think it could be very special, no doubt. I mean, I, I'll say this: it wouldn't be fun. You you better you better be ready to go when you dig in, and uh, and hope that he misses. <laughs> hope he misses. But even if he misses at 101, you better you better you better be quick at home plate and get that bat through the zone. It's a uh, what an arm, you know, and what what an exciting time for the kid, you know, to get this opportunity to have worked so hard, and and you guys know this. Look. You know, this is how it goes. I think Kansas City had the kid Finnegan a few years ago that actually came up, helped Kansas City in that great run they had. You know, I ask this, are we going to look back at this and go, this is like our, this is our guy. Like this could be one of the special guys. And that's, that's so great for the young man to get this opportunity. Jim, uh, I wonder, and Matt made that point uh, earlier before you came on about, <clears throat> you know, uh, Finnegan in the comparison. It was it was a great point. Uh, when when you uh, when you look at, uh oh, I think he just hit the slots. Off. I think he hit a big one on the slots. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, uh, when when teams draft guys like Crochet number one and draft Kopech, yeah. Kopech so high. There is always that pushback from the front office, and it's. I'm not. I'm not saying it's bad. I understand that Rick and Kenny want those guys to be starting pitchers, but because of the, the way the game is played now, and you have you know envision a bullpen with maybe Crochet from the left side and Kopech from the mm-hmm. right as your back end, and they're throwing 100 miles an hour. I mean, why why wouldn't that be just saying you know okay, great pitchers in college and you know we want to see these guys have a chance to be starting pitchers because it's so important but god that could be your bullpen for the next four or five years uh, those guys impossible at the end something like kansas city had in 15, 14 yeah. and 15 well just just to have those options bruce is i think great you know i mean obviously these kids are young you know, and think about it, to have arms like this, they've had to have thrown pitches. They've had to have started at some point. But I agree with you. When you construct your team, you know, and that's, that's I think, to be seen, you know, how it all unfolds and what those role, uh, roles are. But to have those options 
is a tremendous asset to our club to where we could go. Like you said, you could, you could use a kid for three, you know, for two, three innings. And let's not forget, you know, when you're throwing a hundred miles an hour, it plays late in the game, you know, from the seventh inning on, you know, it's, it's hard. I know this as a player that's played. If stuff looks good on TV, it's really good when you dig in as a hitter. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, that, so that's, that's what that, that I think for, for our club, for, for them two guys, you know, it gives them options in their career. The main thing is we always say, let's keep them healthy, you know, and, and hopefully hope they have a, they have a wonderful career. Sorry, Jim, sorry, my son opened the door, fellas, in the truck. We got to play a 13U game today, so okay. he opened the door on accident. I apologize. No we, like, we like it in the background. We like a little color <laughs> on the show. Hey, hey, hey Jim, you mentioned um, James McCann and Yasmani Grandal earlier. It's it's quite a luxury to have them both. I'm I'm such a James McCann fan. And I'm glad that more people have seen it in this year where the White Sox have gotten focus, his importance to Giolito. Last night, he's the guy warming up crochet before the game and helping him get comfortable. And just, do you think it's going to be feasible to keep both those guys moving forward? I mean, this is an opportunity for James McCann maybe to get more years and money than the White Sox can go, but it would be nice to be able to keep them both. Oh, it would be. It would be. And you know what? I mean, that'll all play itself out. You know, I think right now the focus is where we're at. And, you know, that's good. That's that's good options to have. It's good for them. They're both, to me, I think they're the best duo in the game, catching-wise. I think they bring so many. They bring great options to the table. I know McCann is man, he has really transformed into a, an amazing leader, not only in the clubhouse, but you watch you watch his demeanor. To me, the catcher has to be the leader. We had it in Cleveland with Sandy Alomar. You know, there's certain guys when they walk on a field, I think uh, Molina has it in St. Louis. There's guys that walk on the field that have this confidence, this, this aura about them that they're the leaders. And I, I look at him every day, and he, he has that. Same, same with Yasmani. You know, when he steps in the box, if you miss, you know, he's going to do damage offensively and the way his framing has been. So it's we're very, very lucky, very fortunate to have both of them, you know, as our two guys. And it would be great to, you know, to keep them both for sure. In, in closing with you, Jim, and, and Matt and I really appreciate the, your time and expertise as always. Um, how impressive uh, Albert Pujols. So you're a Hall of Famer. You're one of a handful yeah. of guys that have hit more than 600 home runs. And Albert Pujols, since he's been with the Angels, has been playing on one foot mostly for the yeah. last four or five years. How impressive is that, knowing that very few people like you know what it's like to hit 600 home runs and what it takes to keep your body going at that age? It's it's amazing. It is. And you know, as you get older, I, I always say when you hit 38 and then, you know, if you're blessed to play over 40, you know, like you see these little things of your body start, you know, just little things, whether it's foot or you get a bad back or your shoulder starts aching, you know, what he's done in his career and at his age, 
I mean, it's, 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 I, you know, and I think it is, I think everybody's looking at this guy like, wow, you know, he's probably the best hitter of our generation. You know, when you look at it, what he's doing from an RBI standpoint to now catching Willie Mays and moving ahead of him, you know, I, and, and the best part of this, Bruce, is he's a fabulous guy. He's a, he's a, he's a good teammate. Obviously, I competed against him for many years, but to watch his career unfold and still be one of the good ones, the class acts, the guys that worked extremely hard, you know, he's, he's someone I think our young generation should embrace. And really, really, when Albert Pujols comes to home plate and hit, our young kids should watch because we're not going to get this opportunity much longer Uh but what a career. I'm so happy for him, and it's been it's been fun to, to watch him succeed the way he has, just not in the past against us. Jim, uh, all those things that you attributed to uh, him, that's who Jim Tomey's career was all about. Everything that you said about him, uh, you personified that during your career. And, uh, again, Matt and I cannot uh, thank you enough for joining us today. Continued success with the White Sox. and. The postseason, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you during a deep postseason run for the White Sox. Well, I hope so. As I said, I'm so happy for White Sox Nation, and uh, it's going to be a fun October. You guys enjoy it. You do a fabulous job. Anytime you need me to come on, let me know. Thank you, Thanks, Jim. Jim. Bye, Great fellas. Jim Tomey, the Hall of Famer, joining us. Hey, we have to take a quick break. We come back at the top of the hour. Matt and I will be talking about the eight teams in each league, how they set up, how the Cubs and Sox look at them. Uh, the bottom of the hour, of course, we will be looking at talking to John Lester of the Chicago Cubs. This segment on Inside the Clubhouse has been brought to you by Valparaiso University. We all want to be part of something bigger. At Valparaiso University, you can be part of something bigger without losing yourself in the crowd. And you'll discover that making the world a better place isn't wishful thinking. Visit valpo.edu to request information, apply, or schedule a visit. Back with more on The Score right after this. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score. Cubs win last night. Kyle Hendricks brilliant. Jeremy Jeffress the save. White Sox lose, but they're still in first place in the American League Central. Got a couple of two seeds right now should the playoffs begin today. The number two seeded White Sox, number two seeded Cubs, Bruce. Yeah, and uh, it's not out of the question that uh, the White Sox wound up with the number one. They were for a few days. And, uh, you know, with 18 losses for both Tampa and the White Sox right now, Oakland's sitting there with 19. Um, you know, those are the three teams – Although the Yankees, having won nine in a row, are coming on strong here uh, with the last uh, nine or ten games left. So it'll be amongst those uh, probably four teams. Minnesota certainly with 22 losses, not not that far out either. So it's going to be a rush for that number one seed. With the the National League, it's pretty much uh, it's the Dodgers. They have a big lead uh, as far as uh, the loss column goes. Padres have had a nice push here. Uh, Cubs sitting there, but it's going to be the Padres as the number one seed. But the bottom few teams... I mean, teams, the Dodgers, rather. Dodgers is the number one, yeah. But the bottom yeah. few teams is, is really wide open. You have teams like the Phillies, the Reds, and the Brewers, yeah. and the Cardinals, and the Giants, all over 50% to make the playoffs, all fighting for fewer spots than they can get in. That battle for second in the National League Central, where the Cardinals and Reds are tied right now for second place, 
at five and a half games back, and the Brewers, a game behind them, is one of the better races in, in baseball. We're, we're going to talk about both races when we come back from the break. Also, do we have two Chicago Managers of the Year in 2020? All that and more, including John Lester, at the bottom of the hour on Inside the Clubhouse. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.